Amen, amen, amen. Well, I want to call Jeff and Julie Starkweather up here on the stage with me. So come on up. You guys get the nice comfy seats. I'll sit in the, yeah, oh yeah. I'll sit in the, um, yeah. Yeah, I want Jeff closest to me in case he gets out of control. Um, I just want to say this um, before anybody, you know, thinks that, wow, you know, that's quite a question that pastor's asking um, Jeff and Julie. Jeff and Julie got all the questions that I'm going to ask this morning a few weeks ago. I didn't want there to be any, you know, big shocker about what I was going to ask them concerning their story and the liberties that they are going to take. It's, it's all on them. I told them, you know, I'll ask the questions and you can go wherever you want to um, while we're answering uh, these questions, but their story is truly remarkable. They are very close to Lisa and I. We've known them for years, and so we've been through about the thick of it with them. Um, whether it was, I was trying to think, maybe 15 years, our boys would be hanging out at their house, and so we're, we're, we're very acquainted with um, their story, and uh, we were very, very involved in their story, and I think it's got something for everyone, and uh, so I just want to pray before we go there. Father, Thank you for, um, God, I'm just grateful that Jeff and Julie are up here on the platform um, with us today. Um, most marriages don't survive half of what theirs went through. Um, and yet, God, we know that they did so that they could be here today. Um, and so they could encourage all the people that think that they're at the end of their rope, all the people that think that God could never do anything with this. Um, Father, thank you that Jeff and Julie's mess has become their message that their tests have become their testimony. Father God, we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise for the change that sits up here today and the influence that they are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. and amen. Okay, you guys, when your relationship began, you were both married to other people. Um, you, had, uh, you had a daughter, you had a son um, uh, to those... Uh, to those um, spouses, and uh, yet you ended up together. What were you thinking? Um, what were you thinking? Um, because you're no stranger to the church. Um, Jeff, you're, you're a pastor's kid. Um, Julie, you were raised in and around the church for, for most of your life. What were you, what were you guys thinking in that, in that time and in that moment? Sure, I know what I was thinking. Uh, it's exactly what you think that I was thinking. Um, I was raised in a church, but being raised in a church is is uh, doesn't make you a believer. It doesn't make you sold out for Christ. Um, and and I was committed to the work of the church along the way, but I probably was never surrendered. And if there's any theme that needs to come out of this this time together today, it's surrender. It's surrender to Christ. Anyway, what I was thinking about was Lori, my first wife, and I had, had officially split. Um, she was living somewhere else. And I was thinking about my sixth grade crush sweetheart named Julie. Um, I was in sixth grade, and she was in eighth grade um, when we were, where were we, dating? Not really dating, but we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Kissing behind the church. Kissing behind the church. Us. Smooching behind the church. Sometimes in the church. Okay, and in but, the uh, church. You know, that's what I was probably thinking about. I, I, 
I very much loved her, and, and, you know, we had, of course, went our separate ways in life. And so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about, hmm, I wonder. And, Julie, your situation was different. Mm -hmm. um, um, I met the person that I thought was going to be my husband the rest of my life when I was 16 and still had two years left of high school at the Ionia Free Fair. <laughs> and... Um, we, um, well, I finished high school, and then I ended up moving to Lansing. That's where he was from. And um, we got married in 1987, had my daughter in 89. Um, we were attending church. We were attending Mount Hope Church in Lansing. And, and uh, you know, just like Jeff, you attend church and consistently, but that doesn't make you a Christian. And although we knew the rights and the wrongs, we decided to bring alcohol into our marriage and um, it ended up being abusive. Um, and I grew up in a home like that. <laughs> so I had made the decision in 1994 that I'd had enough and that I was not gonna live the life that my mom made us live. And so that's when I decided to leave, and I went and got an apartment with a girl that I was working with at the time. And I had no intentions in divorcing Frank, but um, there was a weird connection that happened between my older sister and his ex-wife's uncle. <laughs> We're in a relationship, and we got connected. Um, we got connected that way um, and ended up going on a first date to a bar in Greenville. And um, I went home with Jeff that night and had sex with him on the bathroom floor. And I, I thought, I can't, go, I can't go back to Frank now. I've just, I've ruined that, you know? Um, so there was, there was no way that I can, it was um, already given myself to somebody else. And um, so then it was, um, 1994 and then 1997 I I finally divorced Frank and um, it was very traumatic um, I felt a lot of pressure to do that even though in my heart I didn't really want to um, but because of the decisions that I had made the previous three years it was something that I had to do that's a lie from the enemy <laughs> just so you know um, and so, needless to say, we were divorced in 1997, and Jeff and I were married in 1999. Okay, now, given the rough start um, that your, your marriage had, um, it struggled. Um, why do you think that it struggled? Um, because... It's, it's really not true, is it, and Julie? We were talking about this back in the green room before the service that, you know, you, uh, you just can't, like, just start over. And uh, there is the residual, um, the, you know, divorce uh, carries some residual effects with it. Um, and so now you and Jeff are married, um, and uh, rough start, and your marriage struggled. Why do you think that that was the case, you guys? It was clearly that even though Frank and I were divorced, our hearts weren't divorced. And um, I refused to let go of the person that I loved the most in my life and who was also the father of my daughter. And, um, and so 
even though Jeff and I were married, um, I was still going to Lansing and having dinner. Well, Anise was with us. It's okay, you know. Um, it was fine. It wasn't just the two of us. Anise was always with us. And so it was that family dynamic that, that you crave and that you love. And he still allowed me to come over and be with him and, and Anise. And I just kind of left Jeff in the dust. Like, I didn't care about what he was feeling. I just knew that I still loved my family. And that's where um, I was holding on to. And Jeff, you know, how did you, you know, process all of this? Um, you're a reserved, soft-spoken guy. Um, uh, um, how did you handle, um, how did you handle this? And you've got your pastor father um, in your ear telling you, um, I can remember you telling me that your dad told you when you had left your your wife and we're with Julie, you know, Jeff, your worst day with Lori will be better than your best day with Julie. Um, you ignored all that. I was left in the dust, but, um, and I don't do well being left in the dust. And so I probably just focused on myself, focused on what I wanted, which typically for me has been some sort of you know, sex or something physical. I was a pretty physical guy, so I that was, you know, it, it that comes down the road, but we'll get there. But um, I didn't focus on it, Christ for certain. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I focused on myself. Were you pulling and, away from Julie? You felt like she was pulling away from you. You were pulling away from her. Yeah, we were two ships passing in the night for sure, most often. Yeah, I... We never, even though we were married in 1999, we never made that strong connection as a blended family. Um, Jeff was on the road a lot, working on billboards and stuff. And so I was feeling resentment. And I thought, I, I honestly thought this and even said it out loud. If I'm going to be a single mom, why should I be a single mom to two children when I could have just been a single mom to one? Mm -hmm. And I started to get very resentful that I was home so much without him and you know and so then those thoughts come in again well I could sure. have stayed with Frank and my family would be together and you know right. and so there was a lot of resentment that built up because of that and it and you know Frank had you know come to the Lord and mm -hmm. he was now a Christian yeah. and so you know um maybe if I went back to um and so your marriage keeps crumbling and you guys chose uh to get divorced and I was we were I was very, very involved in that um, whole process. You know, why did you think it was the right decision at the time? What led up to it? Um, you know, you, you, you know what the, the results are and, and how devastating divorce is, and now you're doing it a second time. Um. Well, I had made a decision that I was going to somehow be happy, and I... And I defined happiness by whatever felt good to me. So I took off. Actually, before we divorced, I left Ionia um, and went and lived in Grand Rapids. And that's kind of what I, I refer to as the dark ages. Um, things got pretty, pretty bad for me in Grand Rapids. According to the world standards, it'd be pretty good, but it was really pretty bad. And 
I kept chasing after this, this, this ridiculous, this dream, this thing, you know, that the, the perfect relationship, the perfect, is, it's just out there right around the corner. If I look hard enough and I search enough, there's going to be, you know, meanwhile, just satisfying my own needs and wants, really. Um, and, and so I obviously, uh, that road, if you're a stats person and I am, that road rarely ends well. Rarely, but um, I, and you guys were around the church the whole time. All this is going on, even when you of. were away from Julie and you were with other gals, you were coming to church with them. That's what blows my mind um, about that. Yeah, church. and I would see people that I knew. We we would attend. We attended a couple churches in Grand Rapids. That's a pretty big city with a lot of churches. Um, so what are the chances of seeing people like Mary Hoffman? <laughs> Yeah, there were Sally Perminsky, um, Tom Hofstra. Yeah, all of those people that you would bump, that you would bump into. And I don't, I'm not a big believer in coincidence, you know. Right. I, I believe God was reminding you. And it's funny, Jeff was raised in the church, so even when he was in the thick of, of sin, he was still going to church. Um, I said, man, I, I just don't. The church would have been the last place. Was, that, not all the time. I wasn't a regular. I mean, you know, you I, had, I had bad standards too. You know? Okay. You know, I didn't always go to church when I was in Grand Rapids. In fact, <laughs> I mostly didn't. But when I did, I because I still craved that because I that was part of me, and and I couldn't escape that. Um, Christ dogged me, just dogged me like no other. Um, but you continued to justify the way that you were living, you know. So. You know, how, what was, what was kind of going through your head? And I get the, you know, I'm just going to, you know, satisfy myself. And you're living this, you know, hedonist, you know, narcissistic life. But what were, you know, as guys, you know, were, were logical, what was it that allowed you? I mean, you've got your wife here, you know, who's, you know, on a Wednesday night who's just sitting there crying. And the gals are praying with her and, and um, believing that God's going to restore the marriage one day. And in your mind, you're justifying what you're doing. What, what was it that that allowed you to, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I've got every right to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm not sure a lot of thought went into it. I think mostly it was just reaction. And I knew things were happening over here because people would, would get a hold of me. And well, and Julie and I continued, we talked um, throughout the You never the whole, broke communication. Um, I mean, we, I knew things were going down over here and, and God was doing a work in her um, for me. I, I, you know, I, I believed that God could do a work in me too and do a work in us. I just didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't want that bad enough, I guess. So I would justify, well, this, this girl, this new girl is going to, I mean, sure. when she gets out of high school, we'll be able to get together and we'll, you know, um, and that's not an attaboy moment. It's not. Um, the last girl that I was with in Grand Rapids was one month into her 18th year. And I told the guys about four men's breakfast ago that's not a moment where we hoo ha hurrah maybe the world standards it would be but it is not a moment and there's shame and there's guilt and there's it's just it's foolishness beyond beyond comprehension it really is and uh um it's not a good time it's not a good thing there's nothing good about that at all there were two pivotal um points and julie i was in contact more with you you know because jeff was hiding you know yeah hiding and running around in gr and uh, um, and there were there were a couple issues 
that had to be resolved um, in your heart. Um, one, you had to determine that you were open to God restoring your marriage with Jeff. And then there was this pivotal point, and I'll never forget it, when you just looked at me. It, it was a Wednesday night, and you're preparing the communion emblems. You, you stayed involved um, here at the church, and you said, Pastor, I just have to let Jeff go. I mean, what, you know, what, was, what was going on in your heart when it came to those um, things? Because those were huge in this story. Um, in 2010, we weren't yet divorced in 2010, but um, we, we were separated. And I had just cried out to God because I didn't know what to do. And it was just a point of desperation. And I just came to um, first, first Corinthians chapter 7 said, if you are married, do not seek a divorce. And so I, I knew I wasn't, if we were going to get divorced, I wasn't going to be the one to do that. And if Jeff wanted to do it, it was on him. Um, and so 2011 came around. We were divorced in June of 2011. And um, at that point, I thought, okay, well, you know, this is it. But even after we were divorced, I didn't really have that disconnect, you know. Still had an emotional attachment there. And um, I was in a skirting group at Hilma's one day, and we were talking about breaking soul ties. And um, when you have a sexual relationship with somebody, you create those soul ties, and they have to be broken. And so that was something that we did at Hilma's house. And so um, working through that, the disconnect, and then finally I was just like, okay, this is. And so I called him. He was working at Meyer. And I called him at Meyer, and I just said, you know, Jeff, I said, you know, the time has just come. I just, I just need to release you. God's just telling me I need to release you. And um, that's when, you know, I just, in my heart, in my mind, I just decided, okay, I'm done. Okay. It's time to move forward. And, and I said, Julie, I don't, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, and uh, I'm always a believer that God can restore anything, but I totally got everything that had been going on. Um, and so Julie calls you um, and tells you that. Yeah, I was, I was in the back room, Standale Meyer. I remember that call well, and I was not anticipating that call. I didn't want that call. I had moved away. I was with a lot of people. I was doing a lot of bad things, but I didn't want that. I thought there's got to be a way I can, I can have both. Because I, I cared about Julie, I really did, uh, but not enough to, you know. And I didn't, I didn't anticipate that call. I didn't. I kind of thought I could probably play both sides for, I don't know, for a long time. And so I didn't anticipate that call, and it really messed me up. Um, I, I, I ran all over. I, I walked all over the store trying to find a, a quiet place, and I couldn't. You know, it's amazing how God works. There was a believer that worked for me that... Um, that was, uh, you know, one of those people that were in my life. She was a solid believer, and she was there that night, and she remembers that call, too. Um, and uh, because I wound up basically seeking her out and, and broken and, and, and bawling, and, and it was, I, was, I was a wreck. I was a wreck at, at work. But, uh, um, you know, Aaron, Aaron kind of helped me process it a little bit, and Aaron had met Julie and, and believed and was praying hard for Julie and I. And, but yet Aaron knew the Jeff that very few people in Ionia knew um, that, that, you know, that life. And so it broke her heart, too. So here I'm I broke Julie's heart. Now I'm breaking Aaron's heart. 
Um, so I, yeah. So Julie calls, and in that moment, you realize more than ever, you did not want to live without her. Um, and uh, and so what what happened in between that phone call and um, the how did the restoration process begin um, for Jeff? Because she had been believing, she had been praying. She feels like the Lord is telling her to release you and let you go. Um, what turned your heart back? Um, why didn't you feel like this was just one more rejection? Um, what turned your heart back? Well, as I spoke about earlier, there were, I believe God used a couple of people. And uh, one was a, a, a friend from Meyer that, that I don't, I'm not sure she was a believer, but she said to me, not too long, you know, after um, Julie had kind of said that, she she said, how long do you think you can pull this off? And I hadn't thought about that. I didn't think too much beyond the next moment, really. So she said, how long do you think you can pull this off? You're pulling it off now, but eventually you're going to be that 50, 60-year-old guy in a bar alone. You know that, right? And that really made me think. And this is a person that's probably not, a, I'm, I don't know if she's a believer or not, but I don't think so. And then the relationship they alluded to earlier, um, I really saw that relationship for what it was, you know, the horror that is somebody 20, um, you can do the math, older. She was Denise's age. Yeah. She was your daughter's age. Well, she was 18, then. so she was even younger than Denise. Um, so. Must be somebody else. <laughs> probably so. But um, that, the shame started to fall on me about that and, and I thought this is getting serious because you know well and what about the moment when Julie calls and she's crying and she's crying and you're at the, and, you, and I'm and, at a girl's house and she's crying too and I'm sitting in there thinking I've got I've got a phone I got a on speakerphone I put her on speakerphone Julie and she's bawling her eyes out crying and then the girl that I'm sitting next to is crying too and I'm thinking oh this is you're a gem you're what a what a great well, guy I mean I got know, the glories of Facebook, or not so glorious Facebook. Um, I was at my mom and dad's one day, and you know, I just I would check his Facebook occasionally, but not always, you know. And I just happened to check his Facebook that day, and I thought, well, who's that girl in his profile picture, you know? And um, and so I I called him, and I said, well, what what are you doing? And of course, then I'm bawling. I'm asking my dad, why do guys, why do guys have to be such a-holes, <laughs> you know, except I, I said the word. Proper and my term. dad's like, well, you know, people are mean, <laughs> you know. So, and, and I just, just in that moment, I told him, I said, Jeff, I said, when are you going to stop searching? When are you going to stop searching? You know, you're always searching but never finding. And, um, and I didn't know that she was on the other end of the phone, but. You know, even that was she another, said, um, even she moment. said that that was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. She's bawling, you're bawling, and Jeff's sitting there. Um, and uh, what what an amazing amazing moment. Um, you you release Jeff, and that messes with his heart. Um, that was not in Jeff's plan, even though he really didn't have a plan. That wasn't part of it, and. He realizes in that moment, doesn't want 
to live without you. And the next thing I know, I've got the both of you in my office, which I didn't see happening anytime soon. And, uh, and you know, I'll even, you know, ad- you know ad- admit that in the beginning, I'm thinking, man, are you really all in, Jeff? What did you say? Are you, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I don't know if I remember because I said so many. You said, you realize you're an unrepentant adulterer, right? That oh, yeah, I did I say that. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, Jeff and Jeff goes, I'm aware of that. Uh, what are we doing about it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I what do we, know that. Um, it's one thing to, to realize, you know, the depths of your sin, and then it's another thing to be, to be willing to do something about mm-hmm. it. And so I just called it out. Um, I have known Jeff for years. My kids hung out at his house. You know, I don't, you know, I don't care what he thinks. Um, and I'm hurting for Julie. And, uh, and so I, I said, you realize you're an unrepentant adulterer. I'm aware of that. Well, what, are you, what are you doing about it? And so the next thing I know, um, Julie lets me know that Jeff wants to come with her and they want to meet in my office. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. Um, so, they, so they meet and we begin to come up with a direction that if this is legit, if God's going to restore this, this is what's got to take place. You know, all the little girls in GR, they got to go bye-bye. You know, they got to be out of the picture. I don't know how many times I've seen people um, that, are, that were saying that they were going to pursue restoration in a marriage, but that third party's still lingering. If you're serious, you cut that third party loose, yeah, like right now. Um, I have met people at the front door of our church, and I have told them, would you please stay out of this relationship? I'm, we're believing, they're believing that their marriage is going to be restored. You are muddying the waters. Honest, I have, because um, I'm a pastor. A lot of people don't realize that at the bottom of a shepherd's crook, there were little thorns on the bottom of that crook where wolves and predators could be driven away, and I believe it's my responsibility as a pastor to protect the flock, and sometimes that means you confront and so I was confronting Jeff. I was kind of calling it out. You're just not going to pop in, in and out of Julie's life and, and keep hurting her. I'm not going to stand by and let you do that. You know, do what you want to do. Um, and so now they're sitting in my office, and um, we begin to meet, and we have hard conversations, and, and we're, we're talking about stuff. And um, Jeff now makes a decision to come back into the area to begin to cut ties, and um, God restored them, and uh, I, I did a series on restoration, and at the end of the series, we did Jeff and Julie's wedding um, at the end of that series, and we invited the whole congregation because they'd all been in on it. Um, most of the congregation knew what had been going on, and God restored them. Jeff's mother and father were there. It was just a couple years before Jeff's dad passed away. I don't know exactly how long it was. Um, Jeff's family, Julie's family. And it was just this amazing thing. Through all that you guys have been through, you know, what would you tell people? Um, What would you tell people that um, have been divorced? You know how many people are out there and they're living together um, and they're they're afraid to get married because of all that they've seen? Um, You guys have been married and divorced twice and God restored your marriage, what would you tell people that are in circumstances like that? 
don't get married. <laughs> I'm, just ki- I'm just kidding. Um, well. But they're going to live together. No, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> That's when you're going to create soul ties that are unnecessary. <laughs> don't do that. And why is it, you guys, and you guys understand this better than anybody, why is it that people want the benefits of marriage, but they don't want the commitment? Um, why is it that people think that they can live like they're married, but they won't commit to each other till death uh, do us part? Um, what is it about commitment that so frightens people? They can live together. They can do everything that every married couple out there, they'll have kids together, live together, but they won't get married. Why is that? It's prevalent today. Well, <clears throat> the success rate for marriages are extremely low. And um, so for people to get married now, there's just no, there's no interest because there's no success rate. <laughs> I'm going to challenge that. Recent statistics, um, it, they used to say that the divorce rate um, in the church and out of the church hmm. are about the same. It's not true. They're showing that people that regularly attend church together, that the divorce rate is much lower, significantly hmm. lower. Regular attenders, not people that call themselves Christians, yeah. regular attenders. How many of you know that, um, that Christianity isn't, isn't what we say we are, it's the way that we live? Mm-hmm. Um, for, Ju- so, for Julie and I, the... We, the key is is surrender. It's what the answer for Jeff Stark, whether it wasn't Julie, the answer wasn't restore, well, Resurrection Life Church. The answer lied in surrender. I had to surrender. And if you're in this situation, if you're in one of those situations, like I was, um, playing the field, but yet still trying and, you know, to, it's, it's, it's devastating. And at some point in time, surrender, if you expect to live any kind of a blessed life, any sort of a, a life honoring to God, you've got to surrender. I had to surrender. Not, nobody likes to surrender. I didn't want to surrender. I didn't want to admit this is who you are. I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit that I was a, a multiple-time adulterer, unrepentant, you know, Idiot. I didn't want to admit that. That's, I never that, called you an idiot. He didn't call me an idiot, okay. but he thought it. He did. Okay. But I didn't. I called myself an idiot. But, you know, the answer for us wasn't me and her. The answer for us was and is Christ. That's critical. If anything, that's, that, that's the reality of this relationship is that we love one another, but we love Christ. And, we, and, and it's not even about service. You can be committed, not surrendered. But it's really hard to be surrendered, not committed. And so we're committed to the church, yes, but we're surrendered to Christ. And that's where our commitment to each other f- comes from. And that's where our commitment to the church comes from. It's critical. Surrender is where it's at. Um, I have one verse here. The wicked die in despair, but the family of the godly stand firm. That's uh, Proverbs 12, 7, and God gave me that while we were praying earlier. So, the wicked die in despair, but the family of, of the godly stand firm. If we're going to stand firm and if your family is going to stand firm, it's going to be because you surrender to Christ. And I would just say this. If, if my marriage was hurting, if I wanted the best for my relationship, 
Um, I would see to it that it was consistently in church and the presence of God was washing over it. The word of God was, was, washing, it over, was washing over it. It amazed me that Jeff never deviated far from church in the midst of, of sin. Um, Julie was in church praying. Um, she had um, all of her prayer partners close to her. I don't know how many times I saw her at the end of a service just bawling while the gals rallied around her and, and prayed for her. Um, they knew where to turn. They, they knew where to turn. They had been raised around the presence of God. They had been raised in the church long enough to know um, that, man, this is where you go to and this is where you turn. Um, here is how I'm going to end um, the service. Um, I'm going to have Jeff and Julie close the service in prayer. We're going to dismiss and then we're going to open up the altars because I have no idea what the situations might be in this place. I'm going to call the worship team back up. Um, Jeff and Julie are going to close in prayer. We're going to dismiss for those that have to go. We're going to open the altars for those that want to stay. And we will stay here and we'll pray. Jeff and Julie would love to be able to pray with you today. If God could take them um, from where they've been um, to now using them. Uh, Jeff leads the men's ministry. Um, Julie's greeting at the door. Um, Jeff's up here in the worship team. Um, and if God could do that with their lives, he can do it with yours too. And uh, man, surrender, believe, uh, stand on God's word. Um, you guys, why don't you close us in prayer today? Father God, it is such an honor and such a privilege to be a child of yours. And Father, regardless of our relationships with our earthly fathers, we know that we have a heavenly Father that loves us and wants nothing but good for us to come to us. Our part is surrender. Father, help us all to surrender to you, to your will, maybe on a daily basis, if need be. Father, this church stands here as a light to a dark world, a light shining in darkness. And when Julie and I were at our darkest, you know that we reached out to you. If there's anybody in here that is hurting because of the decisions that they've made, Father, help them find a way to this altar. Help them to surrender anew. Life eternal is ours for the taking. Thank you, and we praise you for what you've done in Julie and I's relationship and marriage and our families. More importantly, we praise you and thank you for the future that you have for all of us. And Julie, I just want you to pray. You were raised in an abusive household. You were abused yourself. Could you just pray for those that could be suffering right now from that or in that? Father, we just, we lift up those who are broken because of abuse, because of abandonment. Lord, I know that my dad loved me. And I know that he loved my mom, but he didn't know how to show it. 
But God, you know how to show up. And Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would just pour out your love to the brokenhearted. Because you do restore. Because you do heal the hurts. But God, we're never left abandoned by you. But it's our own free will to choose you. And Father, I just thank you, Lord, that we can cry out to you in any given moment. God, you reveal to heal. And even some of those things that I've forgotten until this morning, God, you revealed so you can heal. And Father, we just give you every broken piece because we know that you are the one who can fix it. And it's only by your word and only by your spirit that this can happen. And we thank you, Lord, that we can walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. These altars are open.